the world's number one pound-for-pound fighter, Canelo Alvarez. He's planning to make boxing history. Canelo, rock him the head! But undefeated champ Caleb Plant stands in his way, ready to shock the world in a battle that's become personal. Only one can be undisputed champion. Canelo Alvarez versus Caleb Plant, Saturday, November 6th, live on pay-per-view. UFC 267 is here live in Abu Dhabi this Saturday afternoon, and it starts with DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the UFC, and they have a knockout offer for the light heavyweight title bout. New customers can bet just $5 on either fighter and win $200 in free bets if they do. Will the champion retain his belt? We're talking about Jan Blokovic, or will the veteran the Glover Texera from Brazil snatch it from him? Bet just $5 on UFC 267 in the main event and win 200 bucks in free bets if your fighter wins. DraftKings is safe, secure, reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw whatever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Use promo code BTB to throw down just $5 on the UFC 267 light heavyweight title fight and win 200 bucks in free bets if your fighter wins. That's code BTB this Saturday at DraftKings Sportsbook, official sports betting partner of the UFC. Must be 21 or older. New Jersey, Indiana, Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit. $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. This episode of Below the Belt is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. Everyone needs to unload someone who's unbiased and who isn't judgy. All right? Visit BetterHelp.com slash belt and unload the stress. Traded football for some fight gear, then got punched right in the face. Woke up with a baby, puke all over the place. But I keep the ground with T-5K. This is the best I've ever felt. Started doing stand-up. There's a new hand I've been dealt. So right before this makeup on my face begins to melt, it's time to go below the belt. What's up, Thickies? Monday morning, rainy Monday morning here in Los Angeles. As my dad always says, we need it. Used to drive me nuts. That's what old people say. We need it. Tell you what, the Broncos all fun and games with the top off, doors off, till the LA weather goes. You know what? We're gonna we're gonna make this wet for you. Drive my son to uh, school today in uh, torrential downpour. Fun for a five year old, not fun for a thirty eight year old. Not fun. And I also didn't bring a change of clothes, so he is soaking wet as we speak, sending class. Way to go, Dad. Way to go. Had to take the Bronco, you son of a bitch. That's what he wanted to do, man. Your boy is sore. I ran the Tough Mudder, the Tough Mudder Classic. It is 10 miles, 25 uh, obstacles. Jesus Christ, Yuri. <laughs> Jack there. So hairy as well. Uh, Chin just brought up a picture on Instagram. Yeah. That's why I said I'll that. I'll show you that but later. Yeah, I did, uh, I did. Your boy did a Tough Mudder. I did Tough Mudder. I got into it. Oh, look at Tough Mudder. Yeah, so I got into it because my son's best friend's parents, who are, there he is, Ryan, and that's his son, Joshua, who's uh, basically a little protege fucking uh, soccer player, prodigy. He's a monster. He's such a little monster, but it's Tiger's best friend. So you hang out with their dads. He just happens to be a cool-ass dude. So he does something in computers. There I am doing work. He he does something in computers, and uh, his whole staff uh, do like an event every year. So they decided to do a Tough Mudder. We're at dinner. He's like, you should do it. I'm like, how far is it? He's like 10 miles. I'm like, Jesus Christ, I haven't ran 10 miles in a hot second. Sign me up. So uh, I signed up basically because I got peer pressured. And then also my son wanted to do it with his best friend. So um, we did it, man. We did it. My son ran at 10. It was in San uh, Bernardino. Is that how you say it? San Bernardino. Yep. So right outside there, some racetrack that they have out there. It was outside there. So my son ran at 10. Him and his little friend did it. And uh, they're only supposed to run around twice. He ran around three times. So he did two and a half miles. And he did pretty well. He did pretty well. I was, I was uh, proud of him. Then I was up, not going to lie to you, your boy was nervous. And uh, the lady who was fantastic, the PR lady there, she hooked this up, took care of the kids, everything, food, everything. And then she's like, hey, they... Uh, the buttery bros are here. Do you mind running with them? And I wasn't familiar with them, right? I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not in the CrossFit world or anything like that. And I was like, I guess. And uh, obviously they're in crazy shape. So they come and they're the coolest guys in the world. They were fantastic. 
we're friends at fucking first sight man look at us cool yeah they were fantastic man they were so fucking fun and here's the thing with the tough mutter is they're there finishing it uh no matter how strong you are sometimes you need a lift that's hilarious with thor yeah so thor was there so when we got there, they were like, hey, uh, Thor's here. I'm like, you're talking to the guy from Game of Thrones? Like, uh, yeah, I guess, and strong man. Um, so they wanted me to meet with him, but I, he was either late or doing something, and so we just had to get going. So I didn't get to meet Thor. I want to talk Game of Thrones with him. Um, I don't think he'd want to talk about that, but whatever. I'll tell you what I didn't <laughs> want to talk about with Thor, fighting. Didn't I just want to talk about Game of Thrones. But uh, I had to get going because I don't want to be late for the right race, so I didn't get to meet up with him, but that would have been fun. But I did, is me, Mark Harley, uh, check out Mark's new podcast, Haters Will Say, on the Thick Boy Network. It was Mark Harley, and the Buttery Bros were all run together. And, uh, yep, that's the thing about Broncos, kids. So we just got to notice that I put a cover on the back because the back's still wide open, and I just put the little top on, but the back's wide open, and it's torrential downpour. It is... Uh, that thing's gonna be soaked, but it's waterproof. So uh, we'll see how that goes. But yeah, we just got noticed that the the cover collapsed. Cool, man. Anyway, back to the tough mutter. So yeah, I didn't know what I signed up for. I had no fucking clue. Never done them. Not too familiar with them. Looked it up. Saw some of the races. I was gonna do it by myself, like a psychopath, because I usually like to do things by myself. And thank God I had the Buttery Bros and Mark Harley there, because um, it's very interesting, man. It's a it's kind of a team thing. It's it's like you want other people there because you know it, it's it's ten miles. And you're talking. I think you know there's like pros who do tough mutters and they finish the guy. He's like 140 pounds. Finished like an hour and 20 minutes, which is fucking flying. Because remember, you're just you're just not running 10 miles. If you're a runner, you're like dude, uh, hour and 20 and 10 miles. It's bullshit. But he's averaging about eight minutes a mile. But remember, you're going, you're climbing shit. You're going through mud. You're going through freezing water. Um, the the toughest part for me, not the climbing. Climbing I can do all day. It's not run through the mud or run up hills or running ten miles. That's whatever. The toughest part was the electrotherapy, the shock. Not even that. So that's at the so at the end. So those cords dangling, they electrocute you. How bad is? It? So that's the end. Okay, but. The first, like probably the third or fourth obstacle you do after running, I think it's like three or four miles. You're all muddy. You go through the mud. You're covered in mud. You're like neck up in the mud. And then you go through the ice freaking thing, um, which ice doesn't, I was born in the winter, but Denver raised anyways. So the toughest thing is there's a body of water and you have to crawl, like swim crawl. Like, you know, when you see like a crocodile or a hippo and just their faces like this and the what that yeah. fucking thing, dude. But, but this was filled. So there's mud, but it was filled with water. And it's like, you don't have much room. If you touch them, you get shocked. In my head, I was thinking, oh, it's not going to be too bad. See, see the guy, see that? That was me. See how it's sheer panic on his yeah. face? <laughs> and you can't go up. There's nowhere to go. So I'm, I'm like probably a quarter way through it through before I got shocked. And the buttery bros were behind me. And in my head, I was thinking, oh, it's just going to be like a little jolt. Dude, that was the one thing where I struggled. That was the one thing where I panicked on. It was like, oh, I don't know if I'll be able to make it through this. It fucking hurt so bad. I think because you're, you're covered in water and electricity travels through yeah. water. It, Dude, it wasn't like a, <laughs> a shock. We're like, oh, that's not bad. I'm talking, and my camera crew got lost. I had my Mike and uh, Kyle there mm -hmm. filming. They were on another course because they, they got mixed up. But the buddy, Buttery Bros got the footage of me in that thing. I'm talking. I was like, ah, like fucking sheer panic. And I'm halfway through. I can't go backwards. I can't go to the side. I have to finish, go through. The the electric shock when you're crawling through was was the one thing that I I didn't struggle with it because I, I got through pretty fast, but I did not want to get shocked. And then the Buttery Bro behind me, because he he would like grab he would grab me well when one person gets shocked the other so I was trying to navigate my way through it and then he would get shocked and would shock me mm. I was like dude get the fuck <laughs> off of me bro <laughs> and I love the buttery bros but I was like dude quit fucking touching me and then I thought oh I could just grab it and move it as a no no, no dumb dumb you don't think they thought of this. <laughs> 
because so I, I was like i'll just grab this one and move it because it's like really low and i have to go all the way underwater so i was like i'll just grab it and move it i went to grab it oh my god dude oh my god if you have a bad ticker do not do the or just skip the electrocution part it was so fun man so my plan is i loved it so much i'm gonna do uh way more of them i'm gonna do way more of them and uh my plan is also we have the thick boy bike club right where we meet up and ride bikes what if the thick boy nation met up and did tough mudders with me and we could all run together and they go all over nationwide worldwide just like i do on my comedy tours so what i'm going to try and do i'm going to talk to tough mudders line up in 2022 my comedy tours with tough mudders that's the plan nice we all meet like saturday day of we'll run it you can run the 5k or the 10k that night go to comedy show but you can run it with your boy here we'll all do it together we're a team man it was so much fun <laughs> is there rest times or no your rest is when you're waiting to go like whether it's like you know fucking monkey bars yeah. or climb through the water like but it's not a ton of rest yeah. it's not a ton of rest man you know it's, it's a challenge and I, i'm so i thought i'd be more sore i'm sore because there's a thing where i had to like swing and then grab onto this thing and slide down otherwise you plunge into this freezing cold water and i, I hit my ribs on the on the metal bar my and my so my ribs are sore but other than that my leg and back but tough mutter was fantastic you'll see it in the vlog this week i think it, we dropped the vlogs on every wednesday wednesday or thursday but you'll see all the tough mutter shit uh wednesday or thursday but the buttery bros what is up butter bros what is up fellas we definitely have to get them definitely on mark harley's uh podcast haters will say definitely firing a kid material there brian would be all over him one is jacked fucking city dude so there's those two oh, there's then, more there the, uh, is it just the two of them I'm not sure who's the guy we were talking about early before i came in here jason, jason. Yeah. Wait, is he not a butter so there's only two buttery bros and then jason's uh outside of that that boy is in she he's he looks like a 300 spartan so well, that guy got a dick on him and legs <laughs> jesus christ that guy is thick dude see that's a thick one is that fuck dude he looks like uh just sam that's not him yeah that's that guy's thick that guy i don't know that guy's thick thick that guy was great splashing the water i don't know where that so buttery bros only two of them are they are they actually brothers handsome bastards man <laughs> jesus christ when they're like hey do you want to run with the buttery bros i was like not really i'm trying to enjoy my time these guys are going to finish first i don't want to hold them back but they're mainly CrossFit dudes, huh? They're the boys are in shape and yeah. they're fun. At, they're just they're just a good time. Based out of Salt Lake City, I can't believe they don't know the boys at Black Rifle. How is Black Rifle and the Buttery Bros not collabed? Yeah, they're in shape, shape. Crazy man. abs. Great, just really, really good people. You know, when you kind of meet somebody, like, oh, this guy's a tool. Off the bat, these guys were fucking fantastic and playful. They had fun. <laughs> They, so they give you like a speech before you hit the race. There's like some military guy and he's like, you know, this is more mental than and just going and they play the national anthem and there's this whole thing. And that was actually pretty cool. But they misheard what the guy said. And he goes, what do you say? I said, oh, they said, when, once you come down at the end, you have to get vaccinated. They're giving, <laughs> they're giving Johnson Johnson vaccinations. He was like, what the fuck? I'm, like, I'm just kidding, dude. I'm just kidding. But USADA is here testing everybody. Mark, I'm looking at you. And that was also a lie. But yeah, it was just a great time, man. I had such a good time. Me and my son are going to pick at least two or three to do every year and fly into them. He loved it. So it was just a good time, man. You know, some of you got them beater cars. Or maybe you got a fancy car, but it's always breaking down. It's out of warranty, and you're doing it yourself, man. And one reason to repair it yourself and maintain your car is to save money. They can use for other important things, like buying Thick Boy merch or tickets to my stand-up tour, food, or diapers for your kid, whatever. So why would you choose to spend 30, 50, 100% for the exact same thing on auto parts, all right, at a chain store or a new car dealership? Check out my friends at rockauto.com. We will save you freaking money. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for over 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They got it all, man. Whatever you're trying to fix, we got you covered. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? 
Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write BTB in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know I sent you, man. They got amazing selection, super low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. You know, now with all these apps out there and the kids, investing money is easy, man. But just because it's easy doesn't mean you know what you're doing. Why don't you check out Wealthfront? They're different, man. They make it easy to invest and they make it easy to get smarter about investing. All right. If you want to invest for the long term, it helps to invest on your terms. Maybe you're a pro solar guy, cannabis supporter. Maybe you're an emerging market crypto nerdo, all right? Whoever you are, you should invest in what you believe in, and that's what makes Wealthfront so great. After answering just a few questions, Wealthfront will build you a diverse portfolio of low-cost index funds in just minutes. You can also build your own portfolio with clean energy funds, crypto trust, cannabis, tech, and hundreds of other investments, all right? Best of all, Wealthfront is totally automated. They do all the trading, all the rebalancing, and they even help you lower your tax bill when you invest. Wealthfront is trusted with over $27 billion assets, helping nearly half a million people build their wealth. Get your first 5000 bucks managed for free for life by going to wealthfront.com slash BTB. Start building your wealth and get your first 5000 managed for free for life. Go to wealthfront.com slash BTB. That's W-E-A-L-T-H-F-R-O-N-T dot com slash BTB to start building your wealth. That's wealthfront.com slash BTB and get started today. There's a Calabas Fight Companion this Saturday. The boys are back together. The boys are back in town. The boys are back, man. And uh, Cal Best Fight Companion, this is why I started this thing. Rogan's obviously too busy and too uh, too famous to do fight campaigns, and we don't live in the same state. So he was like, why don't you do them? I was like, say less, son. So I started the Cal Best Fight Companion. It's my favorite show to do because it's me and friends hanging out like we normally do at my house or it's their house and watch fights. But the fans or you guys can be part of it, man. And it's it's the one show I miss doing, and that's why I brought it back. And uh, you know, I don't think it'd ever be, you know, Eddie, Brian, and Rogan, myself. I don't, you know, I don't, that's that's a lightning in a bottle. But I do my best, man. And so I want to have my friends on. And so this Saturday, it's an 11 a.m. card. Um, USC 267. I know the the Brits are excited. You guys don't have to stay up fucking through the wee hours of the night watching fights. So it's regular time for the Brits. But for Americans, it's 11 a.m. USC 267. And Calabas Fight Companion is Brian Callen, Chris D'Elia, his first appearance, Chris D'Elia, Josh Thompson, and myself. That's the squad. This Saturday, 11 a.m., Calabas's Fight Companion. We coming back stronger than ever. Does Chris know fighting? Nope. Did he call uh, Izzy uh, Adesanya style bender? Did he call him style lender? Yep, he did. <laughs> and he thought that was his real name. That's all right. It's going to be a great time. The boys are back, man. So Calabas uh, Spike Payne is back this Saturday. Chris D'Elia, Brian Callen, Josh Thompson, and myself. Let's go, man. Can't wait, dude. I can't fucking wait. It's a great card. Before we get into that card, we had some fights over the weekend. You had Fedor. You had Fedor fighting in Russia against the perfect opponent in Tim Johnson. I think if you're Fedor, where he's at in his career and his life at his age, this was the perfect opponent. And if you saw the knockout, you're like, oh, that make, that's why they did it. That makes sense. Because you're not going to toss him over him in fucking Russia to send him away into retirement. Here's the problem, though. Because he looked like, you know, a bit of vintage Fedor, that, that hook uh, combination they threw where he landed the right hook, left hook, and a walk-off home run. People go, oh, he still got it. I, I, he doesn't, though, at a high level. You know, I think he can beat up guys like that, but I, as far as him competing at a high, high level, I think those days are gone. I think there's the – look at this. Look at this, dude. He looks fantastic here. Just the full-blown Russian dad bod. Boom! Vintage Fedor yeah. combination. Just caution the wind, letting it go. He's the same thing against Mitrione. He's the same thing against Chael. You know, if you're going to play that game, Fedor's going to win in a phone booth, typically. Um, just Matt Lennon before, and Matt's also younger and hits hard as fuck. Anyway, uh, I, I think the problem with when a guy gets an uh, impressive performance like this at his age, everyone goes, oh, I can't wait to see him again. 
And even he was like, maybe I'm not going to retire. Maybe it's like, no, it's like being sober for 12 years and then doing a little bit of cocaine. Like, I got this. No, you don't, dude. Please stop. Please stop. Just please stop. It's over, man. I, I just, you know, you want guys. That's the problem. With fighters, you're always chasing that dragon, man. You're always chasing greatness. And Fedor, you, dude, you, you knocked out Tim Tim Johnson. Let's let's that's it, dude. That's it, man. I don't want to see any more. I just don't want to see any more guys stick around too long. And I know DC. Uh, I don't know if he's taking heat. I don't. I don't know what what who doesn't get heat on the internet these days if you have an opinion. But I, I saw in the headlines DC goes Fedor would be average at best in the UFC. We're talking a window of 2009, 2011. With no USADA, and you have some fucking monsters in the UFC. So we're talking 2009, 2011. That's where the UFC dealt with Fedor, at least tried to make something happen, and this was fight Randy Couture. The UFC and Brock Lesnar. Uh, the UFC was interested in a long time until he went to Bellator, and then obviously he's off limits. Uh, Daniel said on the, his debate DC show. Uh, but all the time, but all the all the time, Fedor kind of flew around fighting organizations. Things still can be done versus Brock Lesnar. I'll give you that. Is, re, is he referring to uh, drug testing? Because he says, but all the time, Fedor kind of flew thing. around fighting organizations. Things can still be done. Oh, meaning like he could still be signed. Oh, okay. Not drugs. Uh, versus Brock Lesnar. I'll give you that. I think he beats Brock Lesnar. I, see, I don't know. I disagree with that. Uh, I'll give you that. I think he beats Brock Lesnar. But outside of that, I don't think Fedor competes very well in the UFC. I agree. I think Fader is like a three and two guy, three and three guy in the UFC. I don't think he's a five and zero oh or four and one guy. I think he's a three and three, four and three type of guy, depending on the matchups. Uh, DC goes on to say, "I think that honestly, Fader not going to see allowed for the intrigue to say, but the reality of the situation is he would not have done well against those guys like JDS. Agree, JDS smokes Fader, a prime JDS with his boxing, because Fader's not like a technician. He's a he's very wild, like caution the wind." Obviously, great uh, fucking uh, Sambo, great submissions, but and obviously his hand speed was great, but his footwork, no, nothing special there. And the Pride guys are fucking probably yelling in their cars right now. They're probably slapping their windshields. Um, so he wouldn't have done well against guys like JDS. Agree, 100%. JDS would be a complete nightmare for him. He wasn't being like Kane Velasquez. Agree. Kane would have been all the problems for him with his cardio, his wrestling. He would have struggled with guys like Chuck Congo. Maybe I Chuck Congo would would that would been a good fight. I would like to see that. Chuck in his prime, crazy takedown defense. Um, obviously, technique wise, Chuck was a monster in kickboxing. He was not being those guys that were at the top of the UFC at the time. I'm certain of it. I know you're gonna say, well, he beat uh, this guy. He beat Big Nog and he beat Frank Mayer. For as great as he is, he uh, should have been at the time in the sport average at best. I'm telling you, Fedor. In the UFC between 2009 and 2011, average at best. Agree. I think with the matchups, he'd been like a 3-3 three and three guy. And you guys hate to hear that. You guys hate to hear that. People will fucking die on the hill saying Fader's the greatest of all time. Definitely, not, definitely top five, but you know, I, I just don't put him in, the, in my top three of all time. I just don't. But I think DC hit that on the, right on the nose there. Um, so you had Fader do his thing. You had, um, uh, who else? You had Costa. Costa versus uh, Vittori. You know, Paulo Costa is an interesting thing, man, right? He has he had all that uh, kind of beef with Dana White in the UFC and got his hair transplanted, did all that shit. Obviously lost to Izzy, got starched by Izzy, talked all that shit, misses weight. Not only does he miss weight, but they said that he came in at 220 pounds. So he, there's missing weight, There's then there's just you're, there's not even fucking close. Mm. And Dana pointed out a good thing is usually when guys miss weight, you know, it, it can be a weight issue. And then sometimes they just don't train properly and they're out of shape. But Paulo Costa got, was really good in the fifth round. So he's in shape. So it just, I agree with the UFC on this. He's going to have to fight at 205. Yeah. Like if you have that good of cardio and you're struggling to cut this weight, I think Paulo Costa would actually do a lot better at 205. For sure. You look at his skill set, it matches well with those 205ers, man. And they could use some new blood in there too. He, like, who's not going to root for Paulo Costa at 205? I think he'd be great at 205. For Marvin Vittori, this, I mean, great, great performance, man. Talk about a stud. Because a lot of guys, when a guy's that heavy, he's like, no, I'm not fighting that sh- thing, man. That's a fucking nightmare. But just a fighter's fighter. Put on a great performance. Um, shout out to Jessica Rose Clark getting it done. You know, decent night of fights. Nothing like this weekend. I told you, they've been edging us. They've been edging <laughs> us for weeks. 
And then finally, UFC <clears throat> 267 comes with authority, kids. And there's a Calabas fight companion with Chris D'Elia. Mind blown. Go and add yourself to Saturday. Mine is blown, dude. Mine's blown. This card is stacktacular. So your main event, you got Jan Blakovich versus Glover Teixeira, which we'll get into. You got Peter Jan, Corey Sanahagen. You got Makachev, Dan Hooker, Volkov, Tibera. You got your uh, Chin's Chinese brother from another yeah. mother, Lee Jingalang, versus Hazmat. Hamzat. 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 Mm-hmm. He's finally back. Um, and then Mag- Magomedov. Magomed Ankalaev. Magomedov. Against Volkov. Who's an absolute fucking monster. Yep. He's Dagestanian, correct? I don't know. I'm pretty sure he is, and mm-hmm. he's a handful. I, mean, I don't know why they did this to my boy. Why they did Volkov. this to my boy Ozdemir? <laughs> why do this to, to Ozdemir? I mean, the right. guy's coming off. Of, he's Dagestanian. Dagestanian. Right? God, he's fucking Dagest. Dude, listen, I need to take some uh, speech classes on how to talk Dagestanian and learn their names better because we're all gonna have to accept it. Get better with the names. Because uh, Magometa is going to be around forever. He'll probably be your champion in three fights. And we're going to have to pronounce his name. And you just have to. We can't just call him M.A. You just can't call him M.A. But I'm going to do it right now. So M.A., who's an absolute fucking nightmare that nobody wants to fight. They're like, Ozdemir, you just got knocked out for the first time. Cool, dude. On your next fight, you're fighting this Dagestanian light heavyweight monster who more than likely is going to be champion soon. Enjoy that. Then how about Hamzat? Zat Daddy. Zat Daddy, they go, he had COVID, dude, is bad. Oh, my God, that's terrible, dude. You talked all that shit about uh, top 10 contenders. You want to fight everybody in the world. Cool, man. We know you had a rough time with COVID and you haven't fought quite some time. Here's a fucking tough matchup. Let's think about the UFC. Boxing, if you're Zat Daddy, you you would have got some cupcake fight just to get your you know wits about you and knock off that COVID lung shit. But in the UFC, all they do is pause your career. They just go, pause. They go, you ready? All right, you're back. There's no, there's no middle ground. There's no, uh, let's just let them warm up. There's none of that. That's why the UFC is the fucking best. There's none of that. Like if you're a black belt, let's say you, were, you haven't rolled in three years, and you walk back in class, they're like, all right, go with a blue, purple, you know, get, get, get your lungs underneath you, get your technique right, and then we'll t- step you up to black belt. Nope. It's like you're a black belt. And you didn't train for fucking three years and got COVID, and they just toss you in with the killer black belts. Sink or swim in the UFC, man. That's what it is, man. And the, to to say any one of these fights can be fight of the night would be damn near impossible. There's so many great matchups because uh, Jing Lang versus uh, Zat Daddy could be fight of the night. That's such a great fucking yep. fight. Uh, Makachev Dan Hooker is a great fight. Peter Yan Corey Sanhagen great fight. Jan Glover, great fight. There's so many goddamn good fights on this card. I'll tell you what, though. You guys know me. I'm a betting man. And uh, they should call this UFC 267 the underdogs because I like most of the dogs in this. Uh, I I always side with the dogs. Now, listen, close with Corey Sandahagen, am I biased? 110%. Do I have two grand on him? 110%. Brian's going to lose his fucking money and have to pay me. But you look at the the dogs on here, right? In the main event, Jan Blakovich versus Glover Teixeira. I like Glover, man. I just think it's his it's his time. I think uh, he's he's battle tested. Um, I look at what Jan does well. I I think he has more power in his hands, which is his biggest advantage. But when it comes to being an overall mixed martial artist, takedowns, jujitsu combinations, you know, being in there with the who's who battle tested i just i i it's gonna be the same thing when i uh break down Corey sanhagen versus peter yon i always side with those guys especially when they're dogs i just feel like glover Texera. you know if you're a hardcore fan you've heard of glover for a long time right some people the casual like oh wasn't he just chuck liddell's sparring partner yeah he was and gave chuck all the problems in training camp we actually have chuck on food truck this week which we'll get into but you know Glover for a long time was the Brazilian boogeyman who couldn't come over to the States and was just annihilating Brazilians over there. And we're like, dude, how, why can't he come over? It's visa issues. So he came over late. He came over late, but better late than never. Cause now, you know, he, he's exactly where he's supposed to be at, man. And I believe in destiny. I believe in experience. I believe in battle tested. I think that's Glover Texera. 
UFC 267 is here live in Abu Dhabi this Saturday afternoon, and it starts with DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the UFC, and they have a knockout offer for the light heavyweight title bout. New customers can bet just $5 on either fighter and win $200 in free bets if they do. Will the champion retain his belt? We're talking about Jan Blachowicz. Or will the veteran Glover Teixeira from Brazil snatch it from him? Bet just $5 on UFC 267 in the main event and win 200 bucks in free bets if your fighter wins. DraftKings is safe, secure, reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw whatever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Use promo code BTB to throw down just $5 on the UFC 267 light heavyweight title fight and win 200 bucks in free bets if your fighter wins. That's code BTB this Saturday at DraftKings Sportsbook, official sports betting partner of the UFC. Must be 21 or older. New Jersey, Indiana, Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit. $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. And when you go to the co-main event, Peter Jan versus Corey Sanhagen, you know, a lot of you think Corey won his last fight against TJ. Doesn't matter. I thought TJ won the fight, but Corey won the war. Obviously, TJ had to, you know, blew his eye off and his knee out. So Corey's fighting for a title now. So it works out, man. And nobody loses any of their, you know, line in the queue. And Corey's getting a title shot, and that's fine because if you thought he won, that's exactly what he'd be doing anyways. Aljamain Sterling gets hurt, but really Peter's the champ anyway. So it's weird how things work out. So we're getting the two guys that probably should be fighting, right? Because of injuries or because of whatever. So it just so happens we're getting exactly what we kind of want. You know, when I look at Peter Yan, you look at his resume compared to Corey Sandahagen. You know, I just, if you had to pick out what is Peter Yan great at, you know, I'd say his mentality is probably his best thing. He goes forward. Um, but you you look at his streak you know, and he he's beat some good guys, but he hasn't beat the guys Corey Sandhagen has. The Sandman, Aurora's finest, that Aurora water that turned him into this young teenage mutant ninja turtle. Like you look at his resume, right? John Lineker, decision split, a Sansau, Aljamain Sterling was a rough one. Mal Marias was a fucking nightmare. Frankie Edgar, look what he did to him. That TJ Dillashaw, you know, some of you guys think a lot of you think he won that mm-hmm. fight. But you look at his resume and his wins um, and coming off a fight like that TJ Dillashaw fight where he made a lot of mistakes and a lot of you guys still think he won. Again, I don't think he won that fight. I think TJ won that fight. But let's say I thought he won that fight. Looking at that fight, it's like he made a ton of mistakes where if he just changed a few things, he's definitely going to win that fight. Those Granby rolls he was doing, the spinning shit, I think he's going to learn to not do that because you got to win rounds, not win the war. Um, and I'm sure he went home and was like, well, I fucked him up. You did, but you lost the game. You won the fight, but you lost the game, the game of mixed martial arts. The judges gave it to the other guy because he was letting him control him and doing these Grammy rolls. And with TJ's wrestling experience, dude, he'll ride and get that time and control the octagon all fucking day long on one leg, man. So I think for Corey, learning from his mistakes, being a young fighter, he's just so fucking dangerous. He's so dangerous, man. And I think for Peter Yan to be in there for 25 minutes with a guy like Corey Sandahagen coming off a loss, quote unquote, a loss, but a loss where it's not like you're like, man, your left hand's down or you're doing this wrong or it's a cardio issue or it's this. It's like, dude, quit fucking Granby rolling and we win the fight. That's it? Fuck. That's pretty easy for a guy like him. He's a smart, cerebral fighter. So I just feel like he has the talent and the coachability to watch that game tape, that fight tape of his last fight, and go, all right, I need to do this better. His footwork is amazing. You know, he's just so lethal for 25 minutes. I like Corey Sandhagen, man. I think out of all the guys in the bantamweight division, there couldn't stylistically, I'm not saying Peter can't win, but stylistically, there couldn't be a worse matchup for Peter Yan. And that's why I have two grand on Corey Sandhagen against Brian the old man Callen. I think Corey fucking gets it done. And then you get the rematch of him and TJ. It's fantastic. I've said this forever. Like, I've never been sold on Peter Yan. Then his last fight, and even the fight before that, I'm like, all right, I need to get on this Peter Yan train. And I, I'm on the train. I just think you, if you line him up against a lot of other guys, he's going to beat him. I just don't like his odds against Corey Sandhagen. I know Vegas does. You should probably listen to Vegas. And I'm a homer because he's an Aurora kid and comes trains with my old team. 
But I just think when I when this fight got announced, I went, ooh, that's fun. I fucking love that for him. Hamzat minus four seventy five. I know that's you're weird. assuming his lungs are hundred percent. You're assuming there's no ring rust. You and also, you know, elf in the room. Remember, Hamzat was talking about retiring. So I, I know COVID must have been pretty bad for him. I'm sure it's terrible, and for a lot of people, it was rough. And I don't know exactly what he's dealing with COVID, but for a guy to say and think about retiring, it's like ugh. Oof. Because a guy like Corey Sandhagen, he could have AIDS and he went retire. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? It's that Kobe mentality. You know how Kyrie Irving's missing the basketball season because he want to get vaccinated? Well, there's a mentality there. No, no matter how you feel about vaccinations, if you told Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant, like, hey, dude, you're going to miss the season if you don't get a shot, they don't give a fuck what's in that needle. And it's, it's even, even if they're anti quote unquote vaxxers they would still get it done because they love the game of basketball that much mm. you would never hear them say retire those words they were forced to retire those guys you gotta you gotta drag them off that court you gotta drag certain guys out of the octagon so it's just again maybe it was so bad and that he couldn't train he's like oh, i'm just gonna get beat up i i know what it's like to get you know it, he doesn't he's never lost in there but he's he probably knows and has training partners who have suffered horrible loss inside that octagon. Goes, I'm not going out like that. I'd rather retire if my lungs are like this. So maybe that's the case. But for him to even hint at retirement, I was like, oh, well, I don't like that. But maybe it was just a phase and maybe he's all good now. You know, mm-hmm. I didn't like that, though. But God damn, is he a big favorite? You know me. I love me some doggies. God damn, that is a big. Yeah. Dude, dude, that's in minus 475. That is rude. That's good to bet on. Then my I boy Jingalang is like, what the fuck? <laughs> the f- plus three fifty, and then uh, Makachev minus five fifty. That's crazy. Dan Hooker plus four hundred. <sighs> you know, for for Dan Hooker, I, again, him taking this fight. He, no matter what happens in this fight, I don't think it, uh, Makachev can knock Hooker out. I don't see that happening. Maybe he'll break him, you know, taking him down, doing that very Khabib style. I could see that maybe happening towards the fourth, fifth round. TKO, it just if Dan Hooker's exhausted from defend takedown, stuff like that, depending on how it goes. But, um, you know, Dan Hooker's a guy where he, he really has nothing to lose. All the pressures on Makachev, again, all the pressures on Peter Jan, all the pressures on Jan Blakovich. These other guys have nothing to lose. And when a guy has nothing to lose, then they can fight more freely. I think Corey going to that TJ fight, there's a lot of pressure on him, especially as a young fighter. Glover's been in high-pressure situations before, but now all the pressure's on Jan. When Jan fought Izzy, all the pressure's on Izzy. You know, you look at Jan's career, he's, you know, he, he's had his back against the wall. He obviously lost some fights early in his career, and now he's world champion, which is insane. But when I look at the guys, like, uh, Zat Daddy has all the pressure on him. All the pressure on him. Ozemir has all the pressure on him. Uh, Makachev has all the pressure on him. I, I like the guys that go in there kind of, you know, loosey-goosey. I like that. And you look at the resumes. I like the dogs in this, man. We'll see, though. Vegas knows what they're doing most of the time. It's just fighting's different than basketball or baseball or football. You just don't know. You don't know what you're going to get, man. I see Jan and Glover going to uh, decision, but I think that has Fight of the Night written all over it. I think Peter Jan, Corey, someone's getting finished in that. Makachev, Hooker. I think if Makachev wins, you're in decision. If there's a finish, it's Hooker. Volkov, Tibera, I'd bet a lot of money that's decision. Uh, Jinglang, uh, Zat Daddy, definitely uh, somebody's going to finish in that. And then to kick it off with M.A. versus Ozdemir, somebody, that thing ain't going out of the second round. These Dagestanians, man. Jesus Christ. They just want it all. It's just a matter of time. <laughs> they want it all. They want it all. Those other names, are, all right. Okay. Okay. Can't wait, though. Finally a big UFC fight. And there's nothing like a big fucking fight, dude. And I'm home. Hell yeah. And then they got UFC 268 and Canelo versus Caleb Plant coming up, too. What? Was that November 6th? Yeah. Oh, I'm never, like, obviously I bet Brian, I think, a grand. that uh, He bet that Caleb Plant doesn't get finished, which is fine. I'm not betting against Caleb. I don't want to that that we made that bet, so I'm still on the hook for it. That's fine. But I'm not betting anybody else against Caleb Plant. If you watch the uh, countdown to that, the All Access, and Caleb Plant's daughter died, oh, no. not betting against that guy. Refuse to bet against a guy like that. Yeah, 
UFC 27 this weekend, baby. Yeah. Fight campaign. Chris D'Elia. What's happening? All right, Jim, what do you got? And once again, it's at 11 a.m. Pacific. Yeah, it's, it's 11, kids. So you still have all your whole Saturday night. Do what the hell you're going to do. Mm-hmm. Do your vapes. All right. <laughs> do your fucking seltzers, whatever you kids do. Um, you know, when I realized I, I was getting older, I went to Universal uh, Horror Nights with Kat and yeah, Stevie. Yeah, I just don't get scared at those things anymore. Oh, I'm too old for these. Yep, <laughs> yep. Because I just went through just like, and they'd like jump out like, very cool, dude. And I just kept keeping on keeping on. I went on every single one of them. Went on every single haunted house they had. Have you been to the Not Scary Farm one? I've been to all of them. Really? Yep. Okay, so I think Not Scary Farm, at least back back in the day, was a lot better. When's the last time you went, Chin? <sighs> Way back in the day. Like yep, nine, me too. 90 You had a good time? Good time. It was actually kind of decently I, scary. I had a, don't get me wrong, I had a good long night. Long night. We got there at 7, didn't get down to 1 a.m. Because we went on, I think they have eight haunted houses there. So those haunted houses, like, dude, put a little effort in, huh? <laughs> the house on Haunted Hill was like a two-hour wait. The Purge one was like two-hour wait. Um, the Exorcist one was like over two hours. So, I Damn, mean, dude. who's going to, I mean, Jesus That's Christ. too much. Did you guys sip? Not really. Mm, it would have made it more fun, I think. Yeah, I wanted to sip. Hoes <laughs> don't want to sip. Oh, that sucks. It was a good time. It's just, uh, you know, it's, it could have skipped the last two. The last two was The Purge, and The House on Haunted Hill was not great. There we are. Do they require masks when you're walking around? Dude, how crazy is this? In order to get into Universal, you have to be vaccinated. You have to show proof of vaccination. Interesting. It's all outside. So you have to show your vaccination card. You get in the park. You're supposed to leave your mask on the entire time, even though you're outside, even though everybody's vaccinated. And then I went, hey, can we take a picture? He goes, sure, but you have to leave the mask on. I went, that's insane, dude. Yeah. Only in LA. Cali. Tell you what, I didn't see a mask yet. Tough mutter. Look at that. It could be fucking anyone. Yeah. It could be anybody. Everybody's a mask. <laughs> Over the weekend also was Rico Verhoeven. He was supposed to fight Alistair Overeem. I know. Alistair had to pull out. Didn't work out. So he fought Jamal Ben Sadik. And uh, I guess it was, I didn't get to watch it, but I guess it was really back, like a hardcore back and forth. Jeez. And then he ended up, Rico Verhoeven ended up TKO in it. Dude, those high level glory kickboxers, there's nothing more fucking brutal. My boy James McSweeney fought Saki. Jesus Christ. <laughs> and there's Rico oh afterwards. God. Dude, you want to talk about a tough living, a high level heavyweight world class kickboxer? Could there be a tougher way to make a fucking living? At least in the UFC, if a guy lands a good shot, my fucking eyes open like that. I can shoot in yeah, and like yeah. ride it out. These guys just keep fucking going. Mm-hmm. Toughest living in the world. Tougher than boxing, MMA, those high-level kickboxers, all the respect. You're talking about leg kicks, thigh kicks, body kicks, head kicks, knees, elbows. Yeah. And there's no fucking choice to take somebody down. And they're the best in the world at punching and kicking people in the face. Yeah. And the least amount of traction. And there's 250 fans. pounds. Shredded. Yes. I don't get why it's not bigger. I know. It's so crazy. And Hooven looks like a fucking Greek god. He does. Monster. Okay. Another one on Daniel Cormier. Do you remember? Uh, so Jason Herzog, during the fight, he took points away from, you know. For eye pokes? Yeah. For Costa with the eye poke. And then um, there's another one he took away. From, if I remember. The illegal. Yeah. The illegal knee from Choi and Caceres. Okay. Because I can't imagine that illegal knee, right? Illegal knee, yeah. Alex but the eye poke fight. is the one that uh, Daniel Cormier has an issue with. He doesn't like or he likes? He doesn't like. Because remember, uh, John poked him in the eyes nonstop. And he even said he poked people in the eyes a lot too. Oh, wow. I, dude, I never poked anybody in the eye as long as I fought. What do you call that? Paw? No, I, I never. You just did like that? Punched him in the face. Yeah. <laughs> he said, mm-hmm. uh, we have seen so much more severe eye pokes happen in fights. Uh, I've done it myself. I've poked guys more than this guy. Poked Marvin Vittori and didn't get a point taken away. As an official, you can't read the headlines. I think in this, Herzog read the headlines that he may have judged Costa unfairly. See, I think I pokes. There should. I don't think there should be a warning because it changes the fight yeah. in such a dramatic fashion. I poke automatically. Shouldn't there should be no warning? I think I poke groin strike knees to Leo. Any of that shit should be a point taken right away. Yeah. I think the when they warn a guy, it's insane to me. I think like you know how John fights like this, with mm-hmm. his, like fucking. He puts his hand on, his, on people's like heads. This, yeah, yeah. And, the, and I think if they go, John, close your fist. That that to me, that's a warning. But if the finger actually goes into the eye, deduct a point. Yeah, because then the guy's fighting on one fucking eye. 
Enjoy your victory with one eye. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. It should be automatic point deduction. Like you said, it changes everything. Cormier saying he he doesn't think they should do anything. He usually means he sees the eye to eye. Oh, wow. interesting. Yeah, I he didn't think that one that one warranted a, a actual point. But I agree with you. I think there should be no yeah no no warnings. No just go. room. Yep. You already have warnings in the locker room, right? Yep. Yeah. So they, they yeah they tell you in the locker room make sure you close fist, no eye pokes, no you know eye gouges, no knees to the nuts, no you know knees to down opponent. They tell you in the locker room. That's the warning. Yeah. If you do it inside there and you know, especially at, at these guys' level, Costa's level and Vittori's level, or DC, Gustus Finn, John Jones, like especially at John as many fights as John has, come on. Yeah. There shouldn't be no warning. There should be no wiggle room. Agree. That's weird DC thinks that, especially being the shorter guy. He gets I poked all the fucking time. Yeah. Like a turtle. <laughs> <laughs> the arms, yeah. Okay, so you know, Paul Acosta said that his the reason why he couldn't make weight. Was because of a bicep injury. I'm sorry. So did your legs? I know work? exactly. The way he handled this whole situation was terrible. If you watch social media, it's pretty. They're like kind of joking around and yeah, stuff. It's pretty you know? cringy. Yeah. So Marvin Vittori says right here, "F you pussy." 195 contract is signed. See you Saturday. After all this, what's happened with you? I don't know. They change every time. <laughs> so not very like. You're not gaining any fans from that, you know? So no. this is Vittori talking about him and the weight cut. Fucking hell, can't you run if you have a bicep tear? <laughs> I mean, to make weight? Oh, he said the same thing? Yeah. That excuse. Like, that, that doesn't make any fucking sense. <laughs> <laughs> He's not believing that, no. I know. Um, I mean, no. Vittori's a dog, yeah, man. So cool, like, man. you can do pretty much everything with a bicep tear anyway. Like, I mean, it does, doesn't have to do anything with the weight. You can say, oh, you were... You could have said something like, oh, I couldn't throw my right hand because of my bicep tear, but no, I couldn't make it. Yeah, making the weight doesn't make sense. <laughs> Fucking hell, can't you run? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell, can't you run? Yeah, yeah. I'm with you, man. Oh, did were you, did your legs not work? Exactly. Get that road work in, doggy. He's just too big for the division. 205 be fun for him. Vittori, he had like a reputation of being kind of a douchey guy or whatever, but no, I like dude, him. now he's like, I like him. yeah, he's the shit now. I'm a fan. All right. Uh, this is also Anthony Rubble Johnson talking smack on Paulo Costa. I missed weight three times while fighting for the UFC. Even, even if I knew it would be a struggle, I'd still try and make the weight and not be a bitch and try to do catch out of the blue because I was lazy. Cuss wants the fame and glory without putting in the work. Bash me all you want, but even I didn't make up excuses or cop out. Yeah, fair point. Yeah. If he fights 205, just stay there. That's There's no more excuses. Nobody will see how lazy he is. Trust me, going up in weight is much better and makes life much easier. Agree. 100%. Yeah, and you're right. He did look better at 205. Yeah, way better. He looked gigantic, too. Yeah, he's big, dude. Mm -hmm. And then Daniel White did say that he would uh, he would have to go. Yeah, the, I mean, the UFC's not going to fuck mm -hmm. around. The one thing they don't mess with is guys missing weight. Nate Diaz's last fight on his contract is the last, the next one coming up. They're yeah. working on something. And then Nate Diaz has been calling out Tony Ferguson for since recently, since last week. Dude, Connor's... I saw Connor... <laughs> Connor's tweets, that, I mean, some of it's brutal. He's talking about, you know, I want to kill a guy in the octagon. Like, that. The, that's just too much. This is funny, though. <laughs> but uh, Connor's tweet to Tony Ferguson was so fucking funny about baseball. You didn't see, mm -hmm. did anybody see in here? He was like, no shit, Jose Canseco. <laughs> he, was like, you, he was like, you turn down fights because someone offered you a baseball contract? He's like, get the fuck out of here. It's so funny. But then he just he fucked up and was like, oh, I want to murder this guy. Instead of oh, that's okay, I'm out. Yeah. He had me back in, then I'm out. Nate Diaz, Tony Ferguson makes all the sense in the world, that's but I guess Dana was like, Tony's not on our radar right now. Yeah. Who knows? But if that's what Nate wants, I bet they're willing to do it. Especially if Conor McGregor's on the table. That How do you not do that? But Nate, Conor makes the most sense, especially mm -hmm. if Nate only has one fight left. But also, what about our boy, Luque Vicente? Oh, Vicente? Vicente Luque. The name thing is a big thing. It's the biggest thing. Yeah, so yeah. that's a tough part, but that's a great fight for sure. Yeah. yeah. But Nate versus Tony is fun. I like all of them. Yeah, and then Connor was talking about he has footage of Tony freaking out in the house. And it's like, oh, God damn it, dude. Yeah, leave chill. that alone. There's like no chill. Yeah. Like, you don't have to go so personal, man. It's not fun when you go that personal. How would he get that footage, too? Like some, I don't know, some troll? Because, well, I guess, you know, Tony and uh, Connor had the same management. Oh. Tony left Audi. Yeah, yeah, and he's with somebody else now because they offered him a baseball contract. Corner. That's a trip. <laughs> it's so funny, <laughs> but no shit, Jose Canseco. <laughs> Trade for a promise of a baseball contract. 
Yeah, he, he switched from uh, Paradigm. Hmm. Um, that must be Audi, right? Yeah. So Connor put, I love Tony. We were, we oh, that's him. He put we. You know. <laughs> Maybe he does own some of Paragon. He owns a piece yeah, of everything knows. now, right? I love Tony representing him amazing at Paradigm Sports, and we were betrayed for a promise of a baseball contract, but fame and preparation here was just embarrassing. His methods and conversations are humorous and enjoyable, but he's never the level perceived, although tough. Okay. Tony typically trains without gloves, but says he would play baseball before actually competing in bare-knuckle boxing. So maybe he's just joking about baseball. Yeah. I mean, I mean what are we doing? All right, well. Either way. Yeah, it's <laughs> That's so, funny. The con- oh, it's so funny. Okay, so mm. I'm sure you knew about this before all of us, but uh, Mike yep. Tyson versus Logan Paul expected to take place February of next year. It Obviously, uh, Logan's going to get a ton of shit for this, but um, imagine you're, you're Logan Paul, and before you started boxing three years ago, you went, hey, man, here's how it's going to go. I'm going to fight Floyd Mayweather and do really well. And then fight Mike Tyson. People are like, you're out of your fucking mind. <laughs> yeah, I am, dude. And it looks like he's going to be fighting Mike Tyson. Am I the only one who doesn't like this fight for Mike Tyson? You don't like it for Mike Tyson? Uh-uh. Hmm. I mean, it's going to be the exhibition shit yeah. with the gloves and you know who knows the rules. But after seeing Mike against Roy Jones, I'm not crazy about this for Mike. He's just an older man, dude. Yeah. I wonder if they're going to allow head punches because you didn't do that with Roy, right? I, who knows? I don't know. If who there's knows? head punches, then it changes everything for it's sure. weird, right? Yeah. But I mean, damn, Logan Paul's a kind of badass, dude. Right? Yes. Get some balls jumping Super, on Mike Tyson. Yeah. Uh, you know, because you hit Mike Tyson the wrong way, you know, those, whatever rules you guys agreed to, he could definitely, if he's on shrooms or some shit, that's going to get dicey. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, we live in a weird world, man. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Speaking of Paul brothers. Yep. His younger brother, Jake, uh, I guess it's, I don't know if it's official official, but they said it's set pretty for official. him and Tommy Fury, December yes, 18th in Miami. Pretty official. I don't like this fight for Tommy Fury. Neither do I. I think Jake knocks him out. Yeah. Especially after seeing Tommy Fury versus the T-Rex kid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no disrespect. I know. He has short arms. What can you do? So someone close to Jake Paul versus Tommy Fury situation tells me the fight is very close happening. December 18th is the date on Showtime. Miami is front runner, but Orlando, Tampa, also in the running. Serrano sisters expect to be on the undercard. Nice. And that's for Marcos Villegas, who's like a pretty big uh, boxing reporter dude. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's great. Yeah. I don't like the fight for Tommy, and I don't like the fight for Mike Tyson. Yeah, I said The it. Paul brothers. The Paul brothers. <laughs> there yeah, you go. That's where we're at. Okay. Um, this one's kind of a bummer. So Kevin Lee got a temporary suspension. I don't think it says how long yet, but it's for Adderall. I think he went over the limit or didn't report it to, you know. I mean, if you have a prescription for it, this is the same thing uh, Homegirl, uh, was, she was taking like Adderall some shit, right? Homegirl? The Olympics, she was doing all the flips, and then Japan was like, oh, yeah, uh, Simone Biles. She was that. taking uh, something else. I forgot what something it was. Something like that, of yeah. the sort, though. A stimulant. Yeah. yeah, stimulant. And Japan was like, what? You can't take that shit. Mm-hmm. She's like, but I can't do the twirly thing. Like, then don't do the twirly thing. And then we're all like, this is ridiculous. And yeah. Japan's like, yeah, but still, you can't take those. Yeah. And I was like, this is ridiculous. And Japan's like, yeah, yeah, I get you. And then ya. she said she couldn't do it, but then she ended up doing an event afterwards anyways. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, for Kevin Lee, it'd be weird if, let's say he has a prescription for it and he's never had an issue with it, and then he takes it now. He just didn't report it. Out of all the shit, dude. You didn't think Adderall would show up? I know. I've tested over the limit allowed by the Nevada State Athletic Commission in my most recent fight. Till 18, I was diagnosed with adult ADHD. Aren't we all? Uh, it was always. It has always affected me. I did not discover real treatment for a diagnosis until 2020 when I was recovering my double knee surgery. I was prescribed Adderall from a doctor to improve my mental health. I told a representative from USADA but did not apply for the oh for the exemption. Well, that's a problem. Uh, for that, I truly apologize to the UFC commission, my opponent, Dana. Matt, yep. I was never my attention to gain athletic advantage. It was an attempt to conquer and severe anxiety I have silently suffered from daily. Yeah. It's just you had to report it, you know. You got to report it. Problem. And then the other problem is anxiety before a fight. Yep. 
We all have it, man. If yeah. I could take a pill to get rid of it, that would be fantastic. Kevin Lee vows to be sober and connect with God yep. following the suspension. And then he posted this video with his prescription bottle, and he flushes it down a sink. It takes a little while, so I won't play the whole thing. But Damn, dog, I would have bought those. <laughs> <laughs> I love Adderall. <laughs> oh, that's a lot of them, yeah. too. Those are 20 milligrams. God damn it, Kev. Could have made some money, man. I would have bought. I would paid hard, cold American cash. And you're not supposed to flush stuff down the toilet or the sink either. The disposal, huh? It, I, you know, well, this is just awkward because they're not going down. <laughs> I know, it, it took been, a while. He's all. It took a while. He's yeah. all. <laughs> it'd been better if you just flushed down the toilet. I know. Yeah. Yeah, that'd been a better. It's more site. of a statement too. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then looks goes no more. Mm -hmm. But he says he's quitting that and quitting alcohol as well. Is a drinking problem. To treat his stuff, yeah. So oh, anxiety. I get it. I know, yeah. I know a lot. I know a lot of comics that deal with anxiety. For the monster comics, and they have to, you know, you go on stage, of course, man. It's, yeah, they supplement so with alcohol. Some it makes better. Some, you know, I don't know. How cool it would have been if you'd be like, no more. And you see him packaged up in a UPS package and it has my address on it. He's all, <laughs> never again. Enjoy this job. I've tried to hide it my whole life. Before I started taking medicine, I spent a lot of my time drunk. Yeah. I've been scared knowing that the world would know exactly what's wrong with me. Dude, you have ADHD. It's not like you're on the spectrum, bro. Um, I'm not hiding behind diagnosis and pills or alcohol or none of that. No more. I haven't been drunk for about a month, which is a lot for me outside of fight camp, and no more prescriptions. Now that I think they are wrong or harmful, but at this stage of healing, I need to be sober and connected with God. Making a post is holding me accountable. If there's one person out there like me, I'm with you. He's handling it the right way. Yeah, and we, he's been on the show a couple of times. He's super cool. To I love yeah, him. He's a great, great guy. Great dude. Mm -hmm. Good human being. Great, Hopefully great does human well. being. So skilled. Hopefully he figures it out. Mm -hmm. All right. Mm -hmm. um, if you get more, don't flush him down the toilet. <laughs> God damn Message to Kev. <laughs> okay, uh, Javante Davis and Rolando Romero. Okay. They're going to fight on December 5th. I didn't know anything about this dude, uh, but he is undefeated. Rolando? Well, yeah, no, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, they're fighting Except December 5th. Coat there. He did wear a pretty crazy coat, yeah. Hell, yeah. Obviously, Javante is undefeated, and uh, that's Rolando's record. Oh, dude, Javante is so fucking fun to watch. Yeah. During the, pre the press conference, it was fun to watch the guy trying to talk, but he kind of messed up his words, and then Javante's sitting there like, we're going to fight. I'm going to knock you. We're gonna, yeah, he's, you're yeah done. dude, I'm just going to knock you. Yeah, yeah. Which is probably what's going to happen. Okay, Sergio Pettis is going to defend his Bantamweight title in Bellator against Kyoji Horiguchi, who is a beast, yes. as you know. And they just signed him. Yeah, just signed him. He's fighting the third title. That's nice. <laughs> this is a sad one, dude. Um, so we've seen Stefan Bonner in the news a few times already. Look at him now. He looks like he lost a shit ton of weight. I guess he had staff as well. Mm -hmm. He was on MMA fighting, but he just looks really, really in bad shape right now. So he put, uh, he's had enough after being constantly getting, consistently getting injured his whole career. I don't want to be hurt anymore. So, yeah. so what's he going to do? He said he doesn't want to do anything like that's really physical. He wants to do something else. Cause you know, he did, I think he did some sort of stint in wrestling. Um, so he's like, he doesn't want to do that anymore. He you know, doesn't want to fight. Job. Yeah. He's just get a, do you say what job? No, I, I don't think he's a I'm sure job. there's someone out there who's going to help him. Yeah. But hopefully he gets better because he looks so different now. Yeah. From yeah, does. all the injuries and stuff like that. Good guy though. Okay. I saw this. I thought it was cool. This is Tyson Fury wishing Deontay he Wilder a happy birthday. No, but it was just a really sweet message. Tyson Fury, AKA the Gypsy King. This is a very special happy birthday message. To my old mate, Deontay, the bronze bomber Wilder. Have a fantastic day, um, Wilder. Um, thank you for the great fights that we had, the trilogy. Um, great, great fighter, awesome fighter. And um, I hope you have a fantastic day with you and your family. And I hope that God blesses you abundantly. All the best. Lots of love from your old pal, the Gypsy King. All the best. God bless Wilder. Well, that's cool, man. Very cool. Yeah, stand-up guy. Yeah. That's how that should go down. Josh Emmett, Ooh. he's coming back to fight Dan Ige. Yeah, for a hot second. Yeah, yeah, 269. UFC 269. That's a great fight. Your girl, Cynthia Calvillo, she's going to fight Andrea KGB Lee. Coming off the loss. November 13th. Good for her. KGB Lee. Uh-huh. Um, let's just skip the mayhem. Oh, let's just, okay. What so happened? another one. Something else happened, I guess. Mayhem Miller. Again? With another felony charge after, yeah. 
just a few days before he was arrested for domestic violence in September, Jason Miller allegedly was involved in a bar fight. While Miller wasn't arrested in an alleged incident after police arrived, the situation had been diffused and parties declined to press charges, but a man reportedly wound up with broken ribs. Jeez. Now Miller has been charged with two felonies for assault and battery. Jesus Christ. Just the latest bit of trouble for Mayhem Miller, all right? Yeah, he's been going through some tough times. According man. to TMZ, Miller broke the man's ribs in the fight. God, that would suck. What, he bought You hit him with the body? And while the alleged victim initially didn't file a police rate, he uh, relented after his hospital visit, so police charged Miller with felony assault. Just a few days before the alleged brawl, Miller was arrested for domestic violence. Yeah, we talked bail about that. 1.3 mil. According to police, uh, the woman called the cops. who responded to a call in L.A. Uh, in the valley. When they arrived, they found a collar, signs of physical trauma around her face and neck. Uh, when Miller didn't cooperate with the responding officers, the report says it led to a struggle. After he was tasered, Miller was handcuffed, taken to the hospital, checked, and booked. Yeah, it's a bummer, too. <clears throat> He's another one who just needs some help, man. Yeah. For fuck's sakes. Okay, on the lighter side. This is uh, Thor, what we talked about earlier, but he's punching Teofimo Lopez in a body, and then I guess they went back and forth on this. Mikey Garcia style? <laughs> Ryan, yeah. Oh, <laughs> fuck. such a hard one. Oh, that's the Butter Boys. Oh, shit. There you go. It all ties in. God damn, that was a hard shot. Yeah. <laughs> Super does, hard. Uh, Teofimo get to hit him? It should. God, dog, that is loud. God, the fucking mountain's in shape. Oh, that hurt him. He's okay. All right. All right. Two crazy Game ass of Thrones. Just random shit. Oh. Fuck. Uh, the world's strongest man. At least he was before. He was at KSW 64 over the weekend, and he drops this dude. Oh. Uh, that's a that's a sponsor on his chest. Yeah? Yep, that yeah. old school UFC days. Hell yeah, <laughs> they painted on you. This is in Russia or some shit. I'm guessing it has yeah. to be. Yeah, you're painting fucking. Or Poland. Oh, yeah, yeah, because he's Polish. Yeah. Uh, your boy, Yuri. This is him tra <laughs> training in the woods. See a video here. Now, he's going to be at the fight Saturday just just in case somebody really falls out. Yeah. He's, oh, yeah, yeah, he's he is. He's a yeah. villain. Yeah, we talked about that, too. God, light heavyweight is getting pretty fun. Is he kicking trees? I don't know. Like trees. It's that kickboxer shit. His gloves on, so. Yeah, don't post this. <laughs> it's just him hitting the tree like yeah. this. At least he has pads on. I thought he was going to kick the tree. Let's see if it gets crazier. He's a beast. He's so fun to watch in the octagon, not on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, he's such a personality. Oh, he's so fun. Yeah. All right. I think that's pretty much it for current events. Did you want to touch on Nate Marquardt lost? Oh, I oh, know. Man. My boy Nate lost. He's doing well, got rocked. The guy tried submitting him, which is always a bad idea with Nate. It's it's a tough one. My boy Nate lost. lost. Yeah. Uh, did he lose? It looks like it's bad. Uh, he has clip, but he got clip before because he had the guy bloody too, right here against the cage. Yeah. Jeez, man. Stop the fight, dude. Hate well, to that's see a bummer. It. I know I love Nate. Yeah. It's such a bummer. So Dillian White was supposed to fight Otto Wallen. Oh, what happened? Uh apparently it was canceled. All right. So Okay. Yeah. They just canceled this Saturday. Didn't they just cancel it? Proves so, injury. Oh. Oh wow. Watch Dillian White to prove, prove his injury. They just pull it this early? Yeah. All right. Well and there you go. Boom. 
Uh, there it is, kids. Fight Companion. Calbass Fight Companion is this Saturday. It's Chris D'Elia, Brian Callen, Josh Thompson, and myself. That's an 11 a.m. start time Pacific. So tune in, man. It's going to be a fun-ass show. That's for UFC 267 this Saturday. Calbass Fight Companion with his boys. Uh, then just announced, told you guys I was going to run my special in L.A., my hometown, L.A., uh, at the HaHa, November 4th and 5th. Two shows on the 4th, two shows on the 5th. I will have the crew there with me. I will have Backflip, Lacey. I will have David Lucas. The whole squad will be there in L.A. I'm running my half hour. Come see it before I shoot it in Dallas. But uh, L.A., just announced, just went on sale November 4th and 5th at the HaHa. Um, there you go, man. And then Dallas, Texas is November 11th through the 13th. Dallas, Texas, Addison Improv. One hell of a night, man. It's going to be a special night. Shooting the 30-minute special in Dallas, Texas. Texas has always been great to me, so I want to shoot a special there. So Dallas, Texas is November 11th through the 13th. The boys will be out there, man. Get tickets at FATKZ.com or ThickBoy.com. Thick Boy Flannels dropped over the weekend. They did sell out. We will have some back in different styles coming up. We have a big-ass Black Friday coming up as well for November. So stay tuned. we got a lot of cool stuff coming. But L.A., let's get going. Next week, November 4th through the 5th, Thursday, Friday, Los Angeles, California at the HaHa. Ha. All right, kids, stay thick. Be nice to each other. Tune in this Saturday, 11 p.m., 11 a.m., sorry, 11 a.m. Pacific, Calabas Fight Companion with Chris D'Elia. See you next time. I'm out. Yeah. The world's number one pound-for-pound fighter, Canelo Alvarez. He's planning to make boxing history. Canelo rocking the head. But undefeated champ Caleb Plant stands in his way, ready to shock the world in a battle that's become personal. Only one can be undisputed champion. Canelo Alvarez versus Caleb Plant, Saturday, November 6th, live on pay-per-view.